Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Hope everybody had a great weekend. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane, on Instagram and Facebook at Trevor Lane NBA. Joined by Keith Smith. Follow him on Twitter at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, oh boy, sound that Simmons siren. Let's go. <laughs> We're going to let it run for a minute. I too. think we have. This is big news. No doubt. Dogs do not like it. <laughs> <laughs> the dogs are not a fan of the Simmons siren. Uh, reports coming out that Damian Lillard seizing an opportunity here with a transition of power in Portland to the front office to make it known that he wants Ben Simmons to be his running mate with the Blazers. Keith, that, that this could be what the 76ers have been waiting for the moment that Mm -hmm. breaks this open and and ultimately results in a trade. Yeah, it was, this report came from Sham Sharani and Sam Amick of the athletic. Uh, One of the things that they had in there is that the Portland players are getting frustrated with the way things are going beyond just Damian Lillard, but Damian Lillard has also expressed uh, that there is need to make further changes to the roster after Mm -hmm. Neil O'Shea was fired. Um, Well, we don't need to spend a ton of time on it, but O'Shea uh, fired for workplace misconduct. Portland believes that voids his contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some thought he may go after the 20 million remaining uh, owed to him. So we'll we'll see where that story ultimately goes. But with the basketball side of this, uh, Chauncey Billups has in recent days, uh, after they get blasted by the Boston Celtics on the at home, Celtics are on the road, uh, called out the team's heart effort like uh, pride, all those things that you don't want to hear, right? The, the right. stuff that kind of hits home a little harder. It's not just a sloppy play, poor execution, all that stuff. That's easily fixable. Once you start calling out effort, pride, and heart, that gets a little concerning. Uh, so there's a thought that there's a lot of frustration there. Mm-hmm. And in this is Damian Lillard has expressed an interest that he'd like to play with Ben Simmons in Portland, let's be yes. clear about that. It was not that he wants to get traded anywhere and play with Simmons anywhere else, even though that's uh, uh, summer dreaming uh, big on that one. Uh, and then the other part that was very interesting was uh, they their uh, reporting uh, says that when O'Shea was in charge, there was discussions that Ben Simmons for C.J. McCollum, a first-round pick in young and a young player, uh, someone like Nasir Little or Anthony Simons. Simons. Um, But Philly asked, as we had heard reported previously, asked for McCollum and multiple first-round picks and pick swaps in the years between, and that's kind of where talks stalled. So let's see where this goes now. New front office in charge. Maybe there's a little more motivation. Simmons is still... Sixer, uh, I almost said like playing for the Sixers, but we know that's not. <laughs> no, no, that's not happening. Uh, so yeah, so let's see. You know, I think that McCollum, Simons, a first, like that's that's pretty reasonable territory. And then we go to the outlandish as the 76ers ask for <laughs> multiple firsts and pick swaps plus a young player plus McCollum, whatever else they're, they're throwing in there, right? So we'll see if a middle ground can be reached there. But I think there's there's two important takeaways here. Number one is that. If this is the case, if Lillard is seizing this opportunity to this transition of power in the front office to make it known what he wants, that means you we can rule out now what the 76ers wanted, which is Lillard. Lillard for Simmons, that's not going to happen if Lillard is going to the Blazers saying, I want to play with this guy. So now we refocus onto McCollum for Simmons, and then you've got to look at how you can construct 
this deal, how you can make something like this happen, because now you've got a team in the Blazers that are motivated, or at least have, however, however, whatever desire they have to make Damian mm -hmm. Lillard happy, they are that level of motivated now to go and get Ben Simmons. Um, so can you actually put together a deal that works? And salary-wise, Simmons, McCollum, pretty close. You can yep. probably work you're out there. a deal there. Yeah, you're, you're right there. That's already the match. It's yep. a pretty easy fit that way. So, I mean, I think this could really have legs. It could come down to, you know, maybe you wait until December 15th, some players become available, something like that. But this feels like probably the closest we've come to finding a franchise that, that is motivated to go get Ben Simmons, as well as having some pieces that the 76ers might really want. It might make sense on their team alongside Joel Embiid. Yeah, and I get it from the Philly side as far as then this gives them three small guards and Maxi, McCollum, and Curry. Uh, that's something you can sort out. You can figure that out. Uh, McCollum's done fine, at least offensively, playing with small guards. Mm -hmm. And Philly would have better defensive personnel around him uh, and Maxi in that case. And then Curry just kind of probably goes back to being your bench sniper there. Uh, you could maybe work out a further trade and look at something like that if you wanted to move uh, one or two of those guys on somewhere else. Uh, so that's why I, I, I wouldn't say this is probably imminent. I would say no. this is going to be a while. I think this is more just Damian Lillard looking at and saying, who could we get that's a real difference maker? We we can get Simmons. Let me tell everybody, hey, I'd like to at least explore this if that's a possibility and go from there. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, something we'll be monitoring. My guess is probably till closer to the deadline. Mm -hmm. I don't even think the 15th coming up here next week is going to even be a milestone of any major concern in a Simmons trade. It, it absolutely, as you called out, frees things up quite a bit more because the vast majority of the players signed over the summer can then be traded. I just don't know that that's going to swing things for Philly all that much. It's not like we're sitting on somebody that they absolutely need to be trade eligible. Right. Uh, I, I think this is probably going to be Philly's going to keep, keep uh, waiting and hoping and, does Lillard get so frustrated that Lillard's like, forget it. Now I want out too. And then, you know, that becomes the trade instead. So let's see where this goes. But yeah, this is going to be fun uh, to monitor now. Cause now we're getting real kind of meat behind this rather than just a whole bunch of speculation. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, it, look, Ben Simmons, not the only international player that wants out with his NBA team. Goran Dragic also apparently <laughs> well done. would like to. Good like segue. That. I like that. I like that. I, I had to interrupt you because that was well done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was a, that was a <laughs> Monday morning segue. I've rested up for the weekend and now, now here we are, guns blazing. But uh, Goran Dragic wants to join the Mavericks, which I mean, this is the team he's been connected to for months now. But he uh, apparently wants out of Toronto and would prefer to go join the Mavs. Yeah, it, this has been an interesting story because Dragic, when he was traded, we got the Raptors, got him as part of the sign-and trade for Kyle Lowry. He was a big part of the, the salary matching there. He's actually the bulk of the salary match in that trade. And Dragic, if we remember, I believe he was in Slovenia, uh, I think, um, and was on camera basically saying, yeah, I don't want to go there. I mm -hmm. hope I get traded or I get bought out. There were rumors that he was going to be immediately flipped to Dallas. Dallas didn't end up going the cap space route. All these other things happened. But now Dragic has been away from the, the Raptors now for a little bit uh, with no real end in sight, tending to a personal matter. Uh, 
now is the personal matter that he doesn't want to be there. You know, where we're at, you know, we'll see, you know, where this all all plays out with that, or maybe we'll never find out the reasoning. But yeah, it sounds like things are maybe progressing towards a buyout. And if there's a buyout that happens, Dallas is likely where he's going to go. And that's, as you said, that's been rumored all along and I think expected all along. Yeah, and I think that that's, this is the most likely landing spot for him, and I think that ultimately they figure out a way to get this done, but uh, it just might not be happening tomorrow or anything like that. But the Mavs yeah. could use another guard, especially a, a veteran like Dragic to come in and, uh, and do some things for them. So uh, if he winds up somehow getting bought out by the Raptors, then I would expect him to land with the Mavs. Uh, in terms of veteran guards, one veteran guard wants out. Another one might be wanting to extend his stay. Patrick Beverly now talking extension with the Wolves. Patrick Beverly, who jumped through multiple teams this last offseason, now has landed in Minnesota and apparently, I mean, a little bit of rarity, might want to stay there, actually stay in Minnesota. Uh, the Wolves defense has been much better this season. They do seem to be a team on the rise, and obviously they credit Patrick Beverly for some of that success. Yeah, I think the Wolves finally found a mix of some players that kind of work, mm-hmm. uh, which which I think has been missing for them. I think uh, Beverly has come in, uh, both his attitude, his uh, veteran confidence, his, his push is, is going to drive guys to do things the right way. He talked about that quite a bit. Uh, and the improvement is real. This is a team that's generally in the bottom 20 uh, in uh, defensive rating. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, let me make sure I get to get the number right. They're eighth right now in the NBA. And that's, that's uh, yeah, that's, that's good. crazy. Because let's see where they finished. Finished last year, 28th. So bumping up 20 spots. I get it. It's early, all that stuff. But that is uh, huge for them. Mm-hmm. And then offense, we're, where I think we kind of thought of them as an offensive team for a number of years. They're only 20 seconds. Yeah. So they're clearly doing what they're doing behind their defense uh, right now. And Beverly's been a big part of that. And and I think this is one of those extensions that makes some sense. The Wolves are not a team that pro- projects to have um, cap space mm-hmm. anytime in the coming uh, years just because they've got Towns and uh, Russell under contract. So that that's going to make that kind of tough. Uh, they also, um, Anthony Edwards, as the number one pick is carrying a 10 million plus salary, they resigned Mike uh, Malik Beasley rather. So this is a good deal. If you can lock Beverly up to a couple years, you know, to probably in the 12 million ish range would be what I think feels fear fair at this point in his career. That's good work. And you might as well get it done. The one concern will be 34 at the start of next season, mm-hmm. but that's so you keep it short term, uh, you know, keep it at a reasonable number and in a movable number if you have to, to have to do that. But yeah, wolves, uh, uh, definitely, you know, that was a good acquisition for them, uh, in the long run. Cause they didn't give up anything that they really necessarily wanted to keep. Well, and from Patrick Beverly's perspective, 14.3 million this season. So let's say he takes a bit of a pay cut, maybe what, 10 to 12 million, something like that next season, somewhere in that range. Yep. If he, if he falls in there, the benefit to doing this now is you lock in that contract. I mean, we saw what happened with mm-hmm. Dennis Schroeder. We know that this next coming off season, There's not a lot of big-time free agents out there, but there's also not going to be a ton of spending power either. So if Patrick Beverly has the opportunity to get the deal that he wants done right now, you might as well just take it and not roll the dice waiting to the offseason because, frankly, you're probably not going to get a better offer than what might be on the table here from the Wolves. 
Yeah, completely agree. And as you mentioned, yeah, not a great summer to be a free agent, but where there are some pretty good players is at the point guard position. Beverly, Brunson, uh, Compazzo, Dragic, Aaron Holiday is a restricted free agent. Probably Kyrie Irving uh, will will be out there, whether he'll look to actually leave Brooklyn or not. Who knows? Frank Jackson, who's played kind of well, could be on the market. Tyus Jones, Patty Mm -hmm. Mills, uh, uh, Ricky Rubio, Tommaso Doronsky, Dennis Schroeder, as you mentioned, Colin Sexton. Uh, Clearly, I'm going in alphabetical order here versus any other uh, uh, sort order here on this. But yeah, a lot of good players uh, available for sure at the point guard position. And there's just, we continue to say it, there's only a limited need because yeah. most teams have pretty good point guards in place right now. Exactly. And that can leave you as the odd man out. And then you don't get the contract that you want. And anyway, you become a cautionary tale. So you want to make sure that if this opportunity is there, if you're Patrick Beverly, you do everything you can to explore it. And I think it would be a great move for him to lock up a deal now. And I also think it would be beneficial to the Wolves as well. Yeah, completely agree. The, the Hornets are in rough shape right now. Now have four players, key players, out due to health and safety protocols. And this team's been a pleasant surprise this season. But LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, Mason Plumley, Jalen McDaniels, all out due to health and safety protocols. Keith, that is brutal. Yeah, three starters and a uh, key bench forward uh, for this team. And yet, somehow, they beat the Atlanta Hawks in Atlanta yesterday, <laughs> which is just, you know, yeah, it figures, right? They, uh, Ish Smith now really the only point guard that they have on the roster. They got by with uh, running the offense through Gordon Hayward quite a bit. When Smith needed a break, uh, Kelly Oubre even took turns as the primary ball handler a little bit, which is it was a little scary uh, there. Uh, James Booknight got a little bit of time too. But yeah, I mean, this is a huge blow for this team. And it sounds like these are the longer term absences versus the they're they're going to get back uh, quickly. So let's see what, what happens with this one. But the Hornets, yeah, they're, they're right in the middle of, of that uh, pack in the East. We, we've mm-hmm. talked about it quite a bit that there are a couple teams in each conference who have kind of separated themselves. And then these big packs of teams and in the Hornets right now uh let's see they are sixth in the east at third or 14 and 11 but they're so they are two and a half games behind the bulls in second but they're only a couple games up on toronto who's all the way down uh towards the bottom of the conference so it's it's a uh, losing ground is is going to be tough here and they got the win in, in Atlanta. Let's see where it continues to go for them. That was a big, big road win. But yeah, t- tough to be without uh, all those guys. Well, and this is their schedule over the next, I mean, let's go week and a half here just to kind of guess how long they'd be out. Yeah, it's not easy. No, back to back against Philadelphia. Then you've got Sacramento. Then Dallas, San Antonio. But this is, you go on a road trip at Dallas, at San Antonio, at Portland, at Phoenix, at Utah, at Denver. That's a really long road trip. Like, Mm-hmm. It, I mean, I wouldn't anticipate they'd be out the entire road trip, but you never know with this sort of thing. That's that's not a very forgiving schedule. You know, you can say they beat the Hawks, but how many times do you think that's going to happen where they pull off an upset victory? They could lose a, a few games here in, in this stretch. Maybe you have to, if you're the Hornets, you have to really take advantage of like the Sacramento matchup here, the San Antonio yeah. matchup, which aren't easy matchups, but you have to find ways to win those. Because I don't know if, as shorthanded as they are, you can count on beating, say, the 76ers, even the Mavs, um, the Blazers. Who knows what that would look like? Certainly not the Suns if it lasts that long. This is a rough stretch. 
Yeah, and you hope maybe you can get one of the two Philly games. It's tough to beat a team twice in a row. Yeah. Um, when you play them back to back like that. So that can be a little bit bit tricky to to pull off. And you know, a little bit of good fortune for Philadelphia after they had had uh, their own COVID related absences, especially with Joel Embiid to draw a team that uh is gonna be down a couple guys. But yeah, my guess is and reading some of the stuff coming out of Charlotte, it sounds like they're hopeful that maybe the Dallas game or the game after that, I think is San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Uh, is when when uh, the players would be able to return. That's if they're on the shorter end right. of the uh, timeline. If they're on anything longer, you could be looking at guys missing that entire road trip. Ooh, that would be rough for a, a Hornets yeah. team that's been a lot of fun this season. So yeah. hopefully everybody does um, does get healthy soon. Uh, Thad Young, need to talk about him. Not in an ideal situation with the San Antonio Spurs. You know there'll be suitors around the NBA, teams looking to add him. Uh, is this a player to keep an eye on in terms of a move coming up here prior to the trade deadline? We're still months away, but it feels like this is just an awkward fit and a trade waiting to happen. Yeah, everything says yes from the situation, except for the fact that it's the Spurs who don't ever make in season <laughs> trades. Right. They, 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 they just don't ever do anything in season. But my guess is this will be that rare exception. Uh, Thad Young, is, he's making $14.2 million this year, so very easily movable contract. That is uh, something that just about any team could, could take on with relative ease uh, as far as salary matching goes. There's even a couple exceptions still out there that are big enough that that mm-hmm. uh, contract could slide into. So... My guess is this is the, the the rare time where San Antonio says, "All right, he it's not." I I read the the quotes from him. Um, Alex Kennedy uh, spoke to him uh, over yeah. at Basketball, Basketball News on the News. podcast. I read them and then I listened to part of it. At no point was he saying like, "I don't like the Spurs. I don't like San Antonio." Mm-hmm. He's basically just saying, "I get it. They're young. They're prioritizing guys who are signed here longer term. Guys who are younger." That's just not a fit for me. And then he talked about how hard it is to stay ready to play when he's only getting four or five minutes a night and how he's having to get his work in before games and after games and things like that. So this was not a whiny uh, uh, thing at all, which happens quite often. It was just very, uh, I thought, candid from Thad Young saying, hey, this isn't ideal, but I'm going to keep keep working on it to be the pro of Ben, but yeah, my guess is this ultimately ends in a trade. Yeah, that, that's an important distinction, Keith, and I'm glad you mentioned that. There's a difference between a player unhappy with their situation and demanding out and potentially, you know, putting it out there publicly versus what that young is doing, which is just giving an honest assessment yeah. of what the situation is right now. And I think that that's, this is more, I think what the NBA would prefer to see is players just, you know, give an yeah. honest assessment of where things are at rather than trying to force their way out of a, of a, this of a situation yeah and i think the here's your challenge right if you're that young and i'm pulling up to make sure i have this correct Mm -hmm. he's played almost 30 minutes per game in the course of his career never has played less than 21 minutes and that was his rookie season this year 15 and a half minutes per game so his playing time per game has essentially been cut in half yeah he's still doing okay like all of his numbers if you translate them out 
to to enough minutes. They all look pretty good. Look uh, right in range with where they've been. So clearly this guy can still play yeah. uh, despite the fact that he's you know this deep into his career. So my guess is the Spurs will get something good for him because yeah. some uh, veteran team will 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 want him, uh, whether it's a young player or something. Uh, people keep well, when this story broke and I and I commented on it. People went right into to to my mentions and throughout like like they needed to trade him to the Phoenix Suns. Mm-hmm. That's a trade that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Uh for for the Suns. And if you could get Jalen Smith, you probably gotta take Dario Sarge to make the salaries work and maybe a pick. Yeah, that's not not a bad return uh for the Spurs for a guy who is essentially just thrown in to make the DeMar DeRozan sign and trade work. That's right. That's right. He was just a guy where they absorbed his salary. So if the Spurs can get something out of him, then they probably do break their rules and make a midseason deal. <laughs> Um, a little, some negative news, I guess. Uh, TJ Warren, look, well, I guess we knew he would be out, but now officially out through December. He was so electric in the bubble before he got hurt. I've just, I'm, yeah. I'm waiting and waiting and waiting for TJ Warren to get back. I can't imagine how frustrated he must be at this point to still not be back out there on the floor, but now out through the remainder of December. The Indiana Pacers are just so beat up right now. I think if we're looking around the NBA, which teams are most likely to make a move? It's probably the Pacers. It feels like they've got to make a decision one way or another. Yeah, Indiana and Portland. Those yeah. are the, the you know two teams for me that, I, I, as I've been saying on Twitter, they're past their expiration date, and that milk's starting to get a little stinky now. It's, it's time to do something and and move on and figure figure out something new. They, they both gave it really good runs uh, with the core guys from these groups. It's just not working. It's not going to be uh, something that I think is going to fix itself with these players. They, they've tried to supplement guys around their main players and that, and it just – They've always been pretty good teams, but never good enough. And now it seems like both are sliding the other way. And you start to see this sometimes too. And I'm not accusing anyone of anything, but it becomes, what am I rushing back for? I'm going to make sure I am a hundred percent healthy versus, you know, all right, I'll play one of 90% and, you know, try these things. So yeah, we're, uh, you know, at a point here where I think it is time for, for a change for, for, uh, you know, all parties involved. Uh, Nicholas Batum out due to health and safety pro I'm sorry out of health and safety protocols yeah, he's been out for a back. while and now he's back yeah. that's a big uh, big addition here for the clippers he was tremendous for them last season gives you that rangy wing player that can switch on to a lot of different positions and uh, and he's been great ever since uh, making the jump over to the clippers so they will welcome welcome him back with open arms yeah. for sure Minus Kawhi, Clippers starting to get healthy. Yep. Uh, Serge Ibaka is playing, looks pretty good physically. Marcus Morris is back now. Uh, they're bench guys, so my guess is they'll they'll continue to adjust and tweak their lineups a little bit here. Uh, uh, Luke Kennard had, had the big game against the Lakers the other night. Uh, Eric he, he shot 150% from three, which is pretty unheard of. <laughs> <laughs> he was good, man. I, I, as I put it, I said, Kennard came up clutch um so uh with a k just to just just have a little bit of fun don't get mad don't sign off <laughs> um <laughs> the uh but eric bledsoe got moved to the bench uh, that was kind of an interesting move they wanted to get a little bit more size i think on the floor uh there so batum will come back my guess is abaca will probably go back to the bench when batum's mm-hmm. ready to start again and then you'll have zubach morris batum george jackson pretty good uh with you know man abaca bledsoe canard hartenstein coming off your bench and then kind of still looming out there is does Kawhi get back th- yeah. this year we're, we're not hearing 
anything, but anytime it's mentioned, no one is going like really hard to say, nope, not happening, not playing this year. Kind of like, right. I, I think back to KD uh, two years ago, yeah. we were, you know, the Nets were, nope, not happening, not going to play this year. Clay Thompson last year with the Warriors, not coming back, not happening. No one is shooting those down. That Kawhi's definitely not coming back. So, uh, you know, keep, color me intrigued, I guess, is the best way, way to put that because Clippers are, they're, they're not bad. And, uh, get, you know, round this out a little bit, they could be really tough. I think my guess is he comes back. I think that's what we're going to what we're going to see happen here just because so they would be saying he's not, you know, they'd be saying, "Oh no, 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 it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen." Um that's what we've seen from them in the past. They would just be saying no, but I think that he is going going to wind up coming back, particularly because look at the Western Conference right now. Right? I mean, you've got you've got Phoenix, you've got Golden State, you've got Utah, you've got those three teams at the top. But other than that, the West has been fairly soft, right? I mean, you've yep. got just injuries have plagued the West. So you can look at things and say, you know what, this is wide open. If Kawhi comes back, let's say Kawhi comes back with six or seven games left and gets into a little bit of a rhythm. There's there's no way to say that the Clippers couldn't make a real run this sure. season with him. I mean, they're already pretty good without him. So that's that's gotta be a bit of a lure for him to for him to go ahead and come back if he's physically able to. Now, if if things fall apart and they drop down in the standings, that's where they'll probably just say, "Okay, let's just let's wait till next year." But right now, the position that they're in, I I think there probably is some incentive for him to come back if he's physically able to. Yeah, one thing I will say is they were didn't they list him as questionable to play for several games after it was like yes. clear like <laughs> he's not playing like there was yeah. no chance and so let's see you know, where it goes but yeah I mean getting Batum back big they got Debaca back recently Morris as well that that's a good deep team that's mm -hmm. their pieces fit too yes. this isn't like you look at some of these rosters where man they've got a lot of guys but then you kind of look at it, yeah but you can't really play them together because they're all you know six of them are guards or you know who they've does, got five who bigs does that sound like God, <laughs> so it sounds so familiar. You said it, not me. I wasn't even going there. I didn't even think of them. I was thinking of a couple bad teams. But... Well, that, that's that's the Lakers situation exactly right now. Is they've got all these guards and no wings, and it's hard to put them on the floor. To, it's anyway. Yep. That's that's my yep. life. Um, yep. <laughs> Alex, speaking of which, let's twist the knife a little bit further. Oh, Alex man. Caruso. Well, oh. he is a guard. <laughs> he is a, he fair. is a guard, but he but he was big enough to where he could defend wings a bit sure. when he when need yeah. be. Um, pretty strong too. Uh, but Alex Caruso does leave with a strained hamstring. Now that doesn't mean he's you know out for the season or anything like that. But that those can be tricky and just something to monitor, something to keep an eye on because if you don't let it heal fully, it's something that can indeed linger. So just something to be a little cautious about for Alex Caruso. But again, uh, depending on the severity of the strain, hopefully he will be back uh, sooner rather than later. And it's a Bulls team that's having their depth tested right now. Patrick mm -hmm. Williams, we know, likely out for the season. But Kobe White is out. He's in the health and safety protocols as well. Uh, so that that stretches their depth some for a team that didn't have a ton of it to to come into the season with anyway. Only had about maybe eight guys you felt really good about. But mm -hmm. Io Desunmu continues to play well in his rookie year. So he'll, he'll have to get more minutes if Caruso is out. I'm going to ask you, did you know... Alex Caruso was leading the league in steals per game. I didn't know that. I saw that. Well, you probably get told it. Almost oh, yeah. Game. We hear it all the time. Sure, hear so it yeah. all the time. That one stood out to me. I, I wasn't, I knew he was playing good defense, but I didn't, that hadn't crossed my radar. 
And so I was looking at his his numbers when when it when they announced he was going to be out for a little bit. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's really good at anticipating off ball, as I can I can tell you, uh, he's great at that. And so leading the league in steals and the Bulls also with a massive steal, getting Caruso in the off season because he's been been huge for them. Uh, for sure. Speaking of former Lakers, Wes Matthews has signed yeah, with the Bucks. Uh, Wes. It was just a bit out of place with the Lakers last season. Uh, I think he still has some talent. Couldn't quite get his three ball falling last season, which tends to happen when you put on a Lakers jersey for some reason. Shooters' shooting percentages tend to go down. Um, but uh, Wes Matthews returns to Milwaukee, and I think given the way things have gone in Milwaukee and kind of the, some of the things they've been dealing with there, it makes sense as a veteran to bring in somebody that you can throw in off the bench that can guard wings in theory, six four, so he's not huge, but but can guard some wings and can occasionally knock in a big shot for you. Yeah, I think the bigger yes, that that is all true. And I think that is is something that they need because it doesn't we're not hearing any kind of updates on Dante DiVincenzo yeah. getting back. So I'm not not sure that we're gonna see that one. Uh Pat Connaughton has played really well. Rodney Hood has not been very good. Uh just doesn't look like the same guy. I I'm kind of to the point where I don't think he's ever gonna get back yeah. to what he was. And that's tough because he was a really good scorer he for was. a number of years. Uh there Grayson Allen has been excellent in place of uh uh DiVincenzo starting but get another bigger defensive oriented wing on the team. But I think also this tells a little bit of a story here between when you pair this with the DeMarcus Cousins signing, mm -hmm. those two guys signed to veteran minimum deals. The prorated cap hits about 1.2 million for each of them. But for a Bucks team, that was already deep into the tax. They went even deeper into the tax. They're, they're about $21 million over the luxury mm -hmm. tax right now, which that's getting up into that Nets warriors-ish range and nobody's touching those two clearly um but they they went deeper into the tax uh they, they ate a cap hit on uh georgios kalazikis um who they they waived uh, he was a second round pick that they had um so just something to kind of keep an eye on there mm -hmm. that the bucks are willing to pay a little bit now some bucks fans are like if we really we're gonna go into the tax why didn't you resign pj tucker um I'm hoping we get clarity on that from somebody. Yeah. Was that more of a Bucks decision or did Tucker just really want to go to Miami? Because I can't forget that. He was a free agent. If he just wanted the heat, there's nothing the Bucks could do. Exactly. Um, with that. So so that that'll be uh interesting. But yeah, I mean Cousins and Cousins has actually looked pretty good in the couple games he's played. He's moving fairly well. I mean, he never moved great, no. let's be yeah, completely honest, but he's moving pretty good. He's uh, you know, do, doing some stuff. He's a big guy, he's out there getting mad and stomping around and doing his, his thing that he does there, where he does he acts like Godzilla trampling a uh, city. <laughs> but um it's uh it's you know, I, I love it. Yeah, it, it, I love it because I, I loved it back when he was on the Kings and it was those late night games and be, you know, one in the morning. And it's like, oh, look, at Cousins is stomping around, you know, terrorizing referees. This is great. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, in Milwaukee's starting to get slightly healthier, too, uh, with, with, you know, some of their main guys back and starting to see it on the court and in the record. Uh, another comeback that we might be seeing here, Mike D'Antoni might not be done. Yeah. Coaching now, uh, acting as an advisor to Willie Green with the Pelicans at the moment, but don't rule out him returning to the head coaching race. So here's the big the big takeaway from this. I, there's a number of teams around the NBA right now where their fan bases are saying, fire the coach, right? Fire this player, this coach, that coach, whatever. No, right? Because yeah. tis, tis the season, right? That's, that's the part of the year that we're at right now. 
Um, but this is the season to put people out of work. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) Oh, peace on earth. Goodwill towards the other coach. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The the grass is greener on the other side. Um, this is, um, this is the, the potential name that's out there when Mm -hmm. we ask, okay, if you get rid of your coach you can say the coach isn't working, who are you replacing him with? Well, Mike D'Antoni now is is a name that's that's out there that could potentially land somewhere. Obviously, a ton of NBA experience. Excellent, excellent, excellent offensive coach. Defense, well, not really his forte. But again, this is a, a very good, very seasoned coach that could step into a situation should something open up midseason here. Yeah, and in, in, it's not like he was completely off the radar. He interviewed in Portland. Mm-hmm. He interviewed in Indiana. Uh, I may be missing a team or two uh, that he also talked to this offseason. So it's not like he was completely out of it. He decided in the end, I'm going to take not a year off, but I'm going to take a year away from all the travel and those kind of things. And I'm going to do this advisor thing. But my guess is we do see him one more time. Uh, Someone will go, some team that needs to inject some life and get their offense uh, going and playing quicker, playing a fun style. And, um, you know, we should be, you know, still kind of, um, I always say this indebted a little bit to to uh, Mike D'Antoni for just bringing a style back to the NBA that we hadn't seen in a long time. Teams right. were so possession by possession playing. And he was like, we're going to play fast. We're going to play quick. And the, his teams got those Suns teams, especially got this yeah. rep of being bad defensive teams. And they, they weren't. It was that was one of the groups that really had to adjust you from thinking about points per game scored and allowed to points per 100 possessions and thinking in terms of offense and defensive rating because they just they played so fast it wasn't necessarily that they were bad defensive teams there was just a lot more possessions per game uh which is funny now because thinking that they played so fast now it's not even fast no he helped usher teams in that direction oh yeah i mean i remember when when word first broke that Sean Marion was sliding to the four and Amari Stoudemire was going to be the five. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of people around the NBA were just chuckling, saying that is yep. never going never to work. work. And then yep. suddenly they come out and they're just destroying people. In fact, uh, this, the at the time, Seattle Sonics even had a season where they picked up the pace and they were just this not great team and then suddenly jumped up to being like yeah. this this really solid team with yep. uh, Luke Rittenauer. Yeah. Running the show, yeah, kind of the in... last Ray Allen, uh, Richard Lewis team. Yes, yep. Yeah. Where they, they suddenly went bombs got away from three, and yep. And so that kind of helped along with, and they're kind of the forgotten about group there. But the Suns as well, obviously, were the main driving force to usher in the current era of the NBA. And a lot of that's credit to Mike D'Antoni. A lot of the way the offense is played right now around the mm-hmm. league is credit to him. So I do, I do think he gets another shot somewhere. Um, be interesting to see where, but I think somewhere he, uh, he will get another shot here. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, all right, finish things up. How much help does Steph Curry need? The Warriors, <laughs> the Warriors wanted, uh, were hoping that Ricky Rubio would get bought out. I don't think that's going to happen now in Cleveland. They've been too good, yeah. but they were hoping that Rubio would get bought out by the Cavs and that they could pounce and bring him to Golden State. Yeah, I mean, one is you're absolutely right. It's not going to happen now. Cavs are legitimately good. Mm-hmm. They're 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 good despite being without Colin Sexton. This is starting to turn into one of those, man, I wish he hadn't gotten hurt because it would have made a real difference. Um, But yeah, it was the thought around the league was 
they're acquiring Rubio. They already have Garland and Sexton. They've got that point guard mess to figure out. Yeah, he's probably just going to get bought out. This was an asset play or whatever it was, clear up the cap, blah, blah, blah. But no, they acquired him because they wanted him. They thought he could really help them, and he really has. But yeah, the Warriors, my guess is, if you look at the Warriors still today, the hole that they have, they don't have any kind of backup point guard. Now, is it that big of a hole? Because when Steph sits, they tend to run the entire offense through Draymond, mm-hmm. and that's fine. And you're talking about somebody who's going to play maybe 10 minutes per game in meaningful games, but it made sense that they were looking and saying, yeah, hey, we could grab Ricky Rubio. Why not? Right? I mean, and as you said, how much help does Steph Curry need? <laughs> you know, we talked about Goran Dragic to the Mavs earlier. Yeah, wouldn't the Warriors be a great landing mm-hmm. spot for him for Absolutely. him as well if he does yeah. wind up getting getting bought out? Would make a lot of sense there. I do think they need another grab because let's say Steph Curry, and God forbid, let's say that he tweaks an ankle or something and he's out a week or two. Yeah, the Warriors don't have a lot of other ball handlers to turn to because you're not going to play a full game with you know point Draymond. Um, no. you're maybe putting the hand, ball in the hands of Jordan Poole or something like that. Uh, yeah, Poole, Gary Payton. Yeah, those guys, but they're yeah. not true point guards you know so um so i think it does make sense for them to land somebody um it wouldn't surprise me if it's somebody that they get on the buyout market here when that heats up in a few months yeah i think their challenge now is coming into roster spots Mm -hmm. more than than anything because they they kind of use all of their guys quite a bit i mean Kaminga Moody are two of the lowering guys, but they were both first round picks. So they're clearly not going anywhere. Maybe Damian Lee, but he's had his moments for them. Peyton's played well. And then after that, if you look at it, there's no easy uh, cut to make to, to free up a roster spot. But yeah, if someone like Dragic shakes free and says, Hey, I'm interested, mm-hmm. you're at least going to take a call. Uh, just a quick minor note on this. They're one of the few teams that uses their their two way positions to kind of double up. That isn't two wings. Um, they actually have two point guards. They've got Chris Chioza, who's a veteran, bounced around the league uh, a little bit, and then they have uh, Jeff Dowden, who's a rookie. Um, so they've actually got two two point guards, and that's kind of how they get away with it. One of those right. two is usually active most games, and then then that's what they they'll throw them in there. They've they've used Chioza a lot. Yeah. So. He's another guy who could maybe get the bump up to the to the back the fifteen man standard roster if a roster frees up, but I don't think it's going to because Peyton's played too well for them for that to to be a thing. Yeah, agreed. All right, everybody, give us your thoughts in the comments down below. Obviously, we went over a lot here today, but uh, let us know what your thoughts are. Mike D'Antoni, is he going to land somewhere? What about the Hornets? Can they hang on with most of their starting lineup out due to health and safety protocols? Not great for them. Uh, Nicholas Batum coming back, Alex Caruso's injury, a lot of different things that we broke down today. So give us your thoughts in the comments down below. Don't forget to subscribe, uh, hit that button, and turn on notifications as well. Till next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe.